0: Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the Webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship aggression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi everybody and welcome to episode two of Tiger Pops analyzing midnight poppy So just to recap from episode one, in episode one, Poppy walks in on his boyfriend cheating on her, goes out, takes the scooter, gets into an accident, has a bit of a breakdown. Tora is going to rescue his friend, somebody, Goliath at the Moonbright train station and he sees and hears Poppy and he is totally taken aback by her. Okay. So he sees her walking past looking very, very sorrowful. You can see she's close to tears she's walking out. And he kind of like, Lily zoomed in. Again, this is like where Lily is using her expert um, videography mm-hmm. skills. You know, he sees her from afar and then like like another closer up shot of her. Which to me shows that he's concentrating really intently on her and what he sees. Yeah. Which I little- feel really funny given the fact that she's not paying attention to him at all. Like she's <laughs> here on the phase that she doesn't even see him. Because when I, when I first read this episode, I was like how does she not see him? He's literally in this bright ass red car and he's just standing there and like, he's not a small guy. Uh, So, I mean, she really has to be in such a distraught place that she doesn't even see him at all. Mm -hmm. Yep. And here he's starting to light his cigarette again, right? Which is his uh, typical refuge. <laughs> and then he sees, you know, Poppy turning around and having this meltdown at her scooter and just kicking it and calling it a jerk too. Right after she kicks this scooter, she sobs and she grabs a hold of the scooter's wheel and like cries and she apologizes to the scooter. So Poppy is a sweetheart. She's a really nice person. And you know, it's really funny in this short amount of time that Torah has has been watching her, he's actually seeing so much of who she actually is. She goes from you know being this person that's just so distraught and and just upset and beside herself, and then she turns around, gets angry, kicks the damn scooter, and then she goes back and is like, "No, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." So like you can tell so much about a person when they're doing that with an inanimate object, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It has a real tender soul. And she's going away, totally does not see Tora in the background. Tora is his face is turned toward her when as she's looking past him. He's you know watching her and he's actually <laughs> starting to light his cigarette but he is so enamored by Poppy he burns his finger. <laughs> and I never and I, I never so noticed fine. that until someone had mentioned that later on in a thread when I was reading it I was like wow this guy's yeah, he he burns himself so he's he's not paying attention to what he wants what he was thinking about because he's super consumed with her which mm-hmm. I think yeah. kind of I think kind of. Segues into the whole what what's gonna happen to his she's like maybe the center or he's mm-hmm. gonna be so focused on her okay. and what needs to be done because she's gonna be connected to him in this way that she has no idea about maybe so yeah and literally how is that going to burn him yeah <laughs> oh that is so mm-hmm. good right okay. not too hopefully happen. not too bad because yeah. <laughs> Poor guy well, he is like a role symbolic here. Um, Torah smoking, right, is something that he does. It's an unhealthy coping mechanism to dealing with the stress, right? So him burning himself on the you know, in the act of doing um, something that is really not the best way of coping with the stress. And you know, because of poppy, it could symbolize, and we're we're total you know con to soiled hat theory people here, um, that poppy is going to be the catalyst to get him to um, stop Using unhealthy coping mechanisms, and it will be painful yeah. at first. It will burn him at first, but it's ultimately for a better end to get him. That's awesome. Oh, that's a good take. I like that. Yeah, I don't know if Lily intended it, but it's there, and we're going with it. <laughs> hey, she she leaves it for us. One of the things that I love about Lily is that she's very intent on not interrupting what our read is mm-hmm. of the episode. Like, unless it's something really egregious and and not something that she intended at all. Like, for the most part, she doesn't want to interrupt the reader experience and how we can dissect it ten ways to Sunday. Yeah. Um, And that we can, like, maybe draw our own conclusions until she clarifies it for the next episode, which is really great, too. A really strong point. A strong point on her end as a storyteller. Right. And one of the things that Lily talks about a lot, that she's an intuitive storyteller. And she says that she kind of writes, like, with her intuition. And mm-hmm. I think that people, people like that, I know that whenever we write um, some of the commenters on Patreon write these really long comments, she tends to say, oh, you know, you bring out things I didn't think about. And I don't think that's, um, I think that what when we write, she uses her heart to write and like she said, her intuition. And we're bringing out the things, we're bringing out the, the things that she kind of subconsciously puts in. We're bringing it out to the forefront um, yeah. and bringing it into consciousness with our words and our analysis. I do think she puts stuff in there that she may not even recognize herself because she's so intuitive. You know, and one one of the things about Lily Dust, too, is just because of her commitment to her fans, and she takes in the feedback. If if those who may be listening in the future are part of her Patreon, they'll understand that she really does appreciate, you know, to an ex, you know, she appreciates where, what her readers have to say, you know, so long as it's, you know, respectful and all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, this is this is a place to really like fangirl on, on Lily again because she um interacts with her fans so much on Patreon and she, yes. you know, she loves all our comments and she writes the funniest things and oh my gosh, she adds so many details. This is the reason yeah. that I go back to her I've gone back to Patreon all the way from the beginning and I'm go through them because she's provided so much background character analysis and depth, um and mm-hmm. more explanations in the Patreon, sometimes within the comments. I don't want to miss any of that. So I go back no. and I read them. Yeah, it's I've since joining Patreon in May, I've and having had the opportunity to read through all of her posts and the comments that everyone has added, and her <laughs> comments too. It's just you get. I just got sucked into this warp zone of MPL times twenty five thousand, and I, it's not going to stop. <laughs> but sorry, to go back to go back to Torah. Now he's seen Poppy leaving the bushes. She's gonna take care of herself in the bathroom now he's trying to figure out where goliath is and then he comes across these papers scattered all over the place that she was that poppy was um in and goliath's chocolate bloody shoe Mm -hmm. (laughs) well we're assuming it's one yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. we don't know whose it is oh yeah you're right we don't know Oh gosh. He, is, right? he picks up her papers, right, and some of them are her papers, right. Filming Young Tar research paper. What is this? And um he sees someone calling him. Now, this is another interesting thing. Somebody is calling him on his phone. It says Ronzo with a picture yeah. of a monkey and a headphone. <laughs> but we're we listening to Lily Loon. This guy's name is not Ronzo, and we're gonna talk about it when they you know, when we get to that episode where they mention it. But. His name is not Rondo, and we need we're gonna have to figure out. We still don't know, even all the way up by episode 38. We don't know why he calls this guy Rondo. So, on the phone, right, Tora tells not Rondo. <laughs> okay, we'll tell you, his name is We'll tell you his name. But Tora tells Gaio, it's Goliath. And his immediate reaction is Goliath, that little double-crossing bitch. Again, okay, so Goliath has double-crossed him. And we, um, this guy, and he's like, you are kidding? You're still in contact with him? And he's done something bad enough that I thinks that Tora would never talk to him again. And then Tora here so has a flashback. Um anyone else want to talk about that flashback? So yeah, what, one of the things that I first noticed whenever we saw this panel was, I, and, and trust me, before they went into the Zoom later on in in the episode, I zoomed in on that picture. I was like, "That's gotta be Torah. like I love pulling apart these episodes and looking at these little Easter eggs, and I'm like, "What is up with this um and And you can tell just by um you know the hair and the the face shape like that's gotta be Goliath because his hair's not black, so it can't be torah um and it looks like you know he's he's getting ready to double cross mm-hmm. Torah. And the rest of the clan, like he's he's wanting to get his way out of out of whatever trouble he's gotten himself into, and he's selling his buddies out for it. Mm-hmm. And you also see on, when is on the phone, he has sweat marks on his face, which shows it's not a move that he takes lightly. This is something that is serious to him, yeah. and he one hundred percent feels regret and shame about doing this. Yeah, and the photo of the two of them, as you can assume or infer, that they were that they go their relationship goes way back. They look like little punks skateboarding, <laughs> and Tor already has a tattoo on his neck, so we don't mm-hmm. know yet what that tattoo symbolizes, but I guess both of them have this relationship and their connection to whatever it is that they became a part of at a really early age, and Goliath is going to sell his friend out, even, right. even though they've you know had that relationship for a really long time. Right. That picture yeah. that we see of them, Tora has an arm around Goliath, which is pretty close. You know, Tora yeah. is like, a, a pretty guarded person and prickly, and he doesn't let people into his inner circle. Really. Yeah. Like, he, he trusts Goliath at that moment. And uh, that's what makes it heartbreaking. little more heartbreaking. Um, you yeah. see, he, he, Goliath is either he seems to be younger than him, he or just possibly much shorter, but yeah. I think he's, he's a little bit younger than him. Yeah. That seems like a very little bro pose. <laughs> yeah. Goliath's. I could t- I could tell right away that I didn't like Goliath because his little his screenshot on Torah's phone was him like looked like he was sunbathing so I was like that was such a douchey thing he looked like a douche already <laughs> without without even Lily just saying that he was like this guy's no good. I did Not pick opinion, up on that. But I I just just go back and then you'll see like ew who does that and it, only a self absorbed person could post that of themselves and think it was good.
1: Um, yeah
0: he's, the, he's a little flashy he has a flair for the dramatic i guess yeah oh, oh my gosh we'll actually see that later i remember there's another clue later over playing pool that does look like he's he's into to that admiration yeah yeah okay so to flashback you see here right the lot sells him out and then torah it looks like he's captured with um by some police they're pointing their gun at him they're saying mm-hmm. you know get down get down kid, right it's a little bit um get down now um mm-hmm. it's like literally right, he's remembering this couch, And Goliath has done this to um enable his criminal records to be system and the system. So right, he does look if he wants to get out of whatever criminal activity he's part of, but the fact that he's now asking to to rescue him and he has to say if people are gonna kill him, whatever he tried wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Didn't mm-hmm. work Yeah. the the other thing I caught in, in this part of the episode and I it just now came to me, is the these Police that are arresting Tora in this part of the episode. These are not standard block cops. No, these look like SWAT. Right. Um,
1: so
0: that, that makes me wonder, like, what kind of organization is he in that they got to bring in SWAT-like <laughs> yeah. police? Officers? That's a good point. I want right. to know how he got out of the situation that he was in, though. It was just like, whoa! What did did some did somebody up uh, you know up in the ranks? Get him out of that. How did how does Tor manage to get out of these situations, or maybe not? Right, so that's a yeah. huge. Thing. We we still don't know. Like it's to episode thirty eight, and there's a few clues dropped throughout the next few, you know, episodes that give us indication to maybe what Torak has done to that he's not in that custody anymore. But we don't know for sure. We still don't know, mm. and we're not going to discuss the the theories yet. We'll discuss it as we get to it. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is a, a huge question for us. And, um, you know, he's captured in like this kind of warehouse. And, you know, it's just, it's a really, uh, like a painful image. You know, he's this mighty strong man is like bent over double and his hands behind his back and he's being handcuffed and his hair is all over his face. So he's like totally lost control over here and he's gone. Like he's captured. And, um, yeah. you know, you can imagine like the emotional pain that he went through for like his own friend bringing him to the situation. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, mm-hmm. right, so it, it, you know, Lily again with her expert like, I'm Nicole, videography skills because I at a better term. She, you know, she focuses on Goliath, um, and the picture in Torah that picture of them when they were teenagers just to show like really hammer at home, like his betrayal of somebody that was so close to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I want to point out about this picture, um, mm-hmm. notice the bracelet is there, the ring is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, we find out later what those mean, but just want to point that out early on. Right. Um, I noticed that before. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Torah has a necklace here. I don't know if that's significant. So far, I don't know of any significance to the necklace, but there is a necklace in the ring, so we may as well be, uh, be obsessed and notice that as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another thing Torah has died is here over here, right? Torah has black hair naturally, and Lily actually confirmed this on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so he has died is here over here. Someone mentioned a potential reason to me a died is hair a lighter color than his original hair. Um, I don't know if like we should give it away here. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so feels the plan that he's a part of, the volume clan, mm-hmm. is run by people who one and this one is one. So they were thinking, that someone on the Patreon I think, commented that maybe tomorrow died a tier blonde as like a desperate attempt to or wander as a desperate attempt to fit in and to become part of a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of me also wonders, like, why did he grow his hair out? Because he's very mm-hmm. short-haired in this photo right here, and and his hairstyle looks almost identical to Goliath's, mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. familiar to me. And now, now obviously his hair is much longer, and he's gone back to his natural hair color. So, it, it I, I love the the aspects of what you're saying, Mindy, about him trying to fit in or finding a place to be in the world. There's mm-hmm. also in Patty does, and Mindy, the excellent points regarding uh, Torah and his hair and fitting in, but also the issue of self care. I know Lily had Lily Dusk had mentioned in Patreon that he's kind of a low maintenance guy, and so people mm-hmm. thought that him having long hair was kind of a high maintenance thing. But she's like, he hasn't gotten a haircut a haircut in over a year from her author's <laughs> from her author's perspective. So I guess I I prefer him with this his sexy long black hair, but maybe you know when he was younger and he could he identified himself as as a street punk, you know kids go through phases, they either want to be red haired one minute or- bl- blue haired the next, or what have you, and so maybe he was just going through these emotions and these phases in life and trying to change and fit in, as Mindy had pointed out, and who knows yeah i yeah, I'm just speculating. Right. You know, that's interesting. I did, I did see what Lily said that she does not he doesn't give himself a haircut and tying into what you said about self care. I think that's very accurate. You know, when somebody takes care of their hair, that shows you yeah. really, they take care of themselves. It's a huge part of like how you present yourself to the world. And he doesn't, maybe he doesn't think he deserves it, you know, to give himself a yeah. haircut and to look nice. Let's it go. Yep. No, much to I'm much, doing much doing to my. our benefit, much to our benefit with his long texture. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> has, husband has um, does not have long hair, and he when he was a teenager he had long hair like down to his butt. And mm-hmm. I didn't know him back then, but I begged him all the time to grow his hair, and he doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? He wants to have he has autonomy. He likes to hear the way it is, and I'm constantly begging him to grow it. And I'm like, it's morning queen, we're not going out anyway. Who cares? <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. And the funny thing is, um, he's blonde and I've always um always been into blonde and I'm like, I mean, black hair is looking than <laughs> he working. Uh, yeah, and he actually he was, he was like seventeen and he was a goth teenager, so he had long black hair, his eye his hair black. His grandmother, he's Dutch, right? So they're all blonde over there. And his grandmother was, was like, But <laughs> um you? Anyway, that's now different. I have blonde. I don't have the blonde. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll never do that either. My husband is former military, and so the, he he never left the the military haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, he he it. So I, I'm I'm screwed there. That's <laughs> never gonna happen. Yeah, so I have gotten him to concede. He does have enough hair that it like falls over his eyes. Which, as a '90s girl, that's like the requirement for like romantic partner. It has to fall over his eyes. <laughs> he has enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all, we can all envision, at least, we, uh, you know, I'm not, sadly not married, but we can all hope that our husbands, or future husbands, at least in my case, can have some sort of Torah-esque, like, quality. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh yeah, and I think my husband is just foot four, and I mentioned that Torah is like wow. a three, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, oh, okay, call him a media, like, okay. <laughs> I'm constantly trying to, like, no, Tora works out. Mm-hmm. And like, my husband does not work out. He's, like, plastic. You're a baby unfortunately. Tora. He, he, yeah. Yeah, oh, he, my God. Big oh. And I always say, he has a great body and if he would work out, he would look amazing. Because he's, like, broad shoulder, narrow-waisted, and he's gorgeous legs. Anywho. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> suddenly turned into a fan-girling session. Hey, that's what we need right now. That's what we need in in this current current situation. But, I mean, right now, Tora is holding the filet mignon research chart and is questioning what the heck is this, you know? And then he kind of draws conclusions that, oh, gosh, this girl might be involved or might not because she was holding uh, a bag that might contain... The, you know the documents that Goliath may have had possession of that could basically put these people like Chief Schuster um, behind bars or something. So it's very incriminating, and I, yeah, and he hangs up on Ronzo or Guyu. G- G- I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I guess mm-hmm. I really liked how Lily Dusk had mentioned that there had brought their relationship early on in the beginning in episode two because you can see that Tora turns to Ga-you for, you know, the background IDing for Poppy and just he turns to him for help and it doesn't look like he has anyone outside of Giyu to do that. I mean, his relationship to the other people and his illegal, uh, in his, uh, whatever job he's in it doesn't it seems like they always they're taking from him and this is like Mm -hmm. a mutual relationship that he has even if it seems as though uh is kind of like a get stepped on by torah but i think it's natural Mm -hmm. for anyone to be in torah's circle because he's such a big uh imposing figure Mm -hmm. and kind of piggybacking off what you're saying and um you know obviously this is somebody that he's fairly close to because he doesn't who would just pick up the phone for anybody Yeah. Um, but one of the things I noticed with Tora the second time around when I was reading this you know Ronzo is in background just you know shooting off at the mouth like good I'm, yeah. I'm glad possibly you know killed by his own clan mm-hmm. and like you just see this look in Tora's eyes like he kind of gives side eye and then he he kind of goes blank and I'm wondering if, like, the wheels are turning in his head, you know, not only what he's investigating, but I wonder if the reason he hung up on Ronzo here is uh, he just straight up doesn't want to listen to this talk. He yeah. doesn't want to think friend he's dead. Because um, even, even if he betrayed Torah, mm-hmm. I, I I can't see Tora wanting him dead. No, so, that's, that's a good, really good point. Yeah. And that just shows, like, Torres is a very loyal person. And once he loves someone, once he gets, you know, in, in the relationship with someone, he's with them forever. He's, yeah. Um, which actually is another thing I'm curious about. This is a little bit, you know, going out of this, but I'm very curious about how, oh, gosh, how, it's so hard not to talk about, like, things that are in the future. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Torres is in this clan, right? And he does want to get out. But I'm very curious about since he um has this relationship with clan leader. We're going to talk about that in different episodes. Wondering how, how he'll be able to get out emotionally because he probably has feelings of love, even for the people who were terrible. So this is something I'm very, very curious about how he'll manage to, like, to get out while still, you know, preserving the, the feeling connection that he has, even recognizing that it's an unhealthy connection sometimes, or most of the time. Um, But there must be some element that would probably still tie him there. Patty had mentioned his, uh, and Mindy, we were talking about loyalty and the ring when he picks up the filet mignon research tar. I feel like uh, Lily Dust kind of highlights the ring, not so much, but Mm -hmm. it's there. It's now in that photograph flashback. He wasn't um wearing it and I didn't that didn't cross my mind patty until you had mentioned it so there's just a lot of symbolism I feel going on with the phone call he had with Ronzo and Ronzo bashing Goliath and him maybe dismissing Goliath's mm-hmm. whatever what he was saying and just kind of trying to put put the pieces together and now it's just it's just it's I feel like it's just a can of worms have just been opened up right right and if you think about it Torah doesn't strike me the type of, of guy, if we're talking about the self-care aspect of it, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who accessorizes. No. So wearing has to mean something. if mm-hmm. you think about it, the mm-hmm. ring is very symbolic of an attachment. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and so this, you know, we're, we're obviously not far enough along to really know what that attachment means. Um, but to me, it's just, it's highlighting that there is some connection there, some meaningful mm-hmm. connection that he has and we just don't know what the quality of that connection is yet. Yeah. Right and to, okay. so, yeah. right, so this page that Torah has picked up, right? This page has some incrementating information on it. And then he Torah recalls he was looking around for the rest of it, he doesn't see anything else. And he recalls that Poppy had this briefcase, right? And he kinda like zoomed in on it in his mind um, with a bunch of papers in it. So he assumes that Poppy has the rest of the information. Right, which is Torah is a clever guy. This mm-hmm. is something that I've discussed and I've thought about extensively. Um, you know, trying to figure out who Tora is and his his psyche. But Torah is, is a is a guy who can gather, he's very observant and he and we're gonna see, oh my gosh, he's super observant, he remembers everything. Um especially yeah. in, in, in last night's episode. But he <laughs> <I> <laughs> know, all the way to thirty eight. But Torah remembers things, he can he pieces pieces together and um you know he's really um, really smart guys, so Anyway, so right, Patty's here in the bathroom, trying to convince herself that what she saw was chocolate and not blood. And trying to drip open, and she um she's cleaning went. herself up in the bathroom. Yeah. Trying to dis- yeah trying to dismiss the chocolate bloody shoe. And as Mindy had mentioned, she Patty you had said her avoidance uh tactics, and Mindy her wanting to just dis- compart- or com- compartmentalize things like okay. I'm not in the mental state to deal with something like that after getting into an accident, literally a bump in the road. And now she's just mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to it's time for me to get home. The the train's gonna come and there's only one train going out each day from the country and Moonbright to Narranco. She's just she needs she's trying to get in and get out to to avoid also jewelry from episode one, who who basically betrayed her. And so she's she's wanting to move, just get back to the city, go back to her life, and get back to the grind because it seems like she's she works really hard. All those research papers mm-hmm. that she had that were flown all over the the grass, it's just she had a lot going on. And who knows uh, what, how Tor is going to be connected with some of those research in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, she is super freaked out right now, and I don't blame her for wanting to just wash everything off mm-hmm. and go and- and go back home. Go back mm-hmm. to security. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she's tying her shirt up, right? And hoping that this will last. She's trying, you know, she starts thinking about Jewelry cheating on her again. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't think about it. I, you know, have to do this article by tomorrow again. Like you said, avoid She's dismissing it out of her mind so that she can live her life and do what she needs to do. Very strong person, you know, literally shows her marching out of the bathroom. And, you know, her back is up straight. She's mm-hmm. able to overcome her feelings in order to do what she has to do. Now mm-hmm. Torah Tora goes to the train station. I actually have an interesting thing. I was wondering why he didn't look around for Goliath more um in the bushes or like around that area, why he didn't like drive around looking for him. That's mm, right. I, him Wait, I guess he, he knew lied. I guess he knew that okay. Those papers are a like the thing that I really because you know as you had mentioned to uh, Mindy he does have he's very observant and he when he when he has his eyes all right when he when his focus is set on something I feel like he doesn't stop you know he's just driven to get it done and so he knew I'm like okay I need to retrieve whatever papers Poppy may or may not have so I'm gonna go straight to the station Goliath just, seems like he's nowhere in sight apart from the shoe that may or may not have been his so it's like where, where do we I, I'm just going to go to the train station and then he meets that and Lily doesn't talks about um talks about this the woman at the train the ticket clerk yeah. I know what she represents uh in terms mm. of Torah's social circle and as you had mentioned Mindy his so- his social status and how people perceive him um and if you could, I, I really, I would really like, uh, for Patty to kind of discuss what the ticket clerk lady represents to Torah. Before we even get to the ticket clerk, you, um, I just want to point out that you see how people react to Torah. Yeah. Like the people who are standing in the station, they have sweat marks, they have blush marks, they, are, they look very fearful of Torah. And this is clearly like the, the attitude that Torah puts out to the world. People are intimidated by him. And this will definitely tie into, you know, you'll see in later episodes, he does not like that. He, um, he's something he's cultivated and he had to develop because of his work, but he res- he presents that that's who he is now and that that's how he presents. And he, he's ashamed of that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So let's go into his interaction with the ticket clerk. You can definitely take that over, Maddie. Yeah. Um, so the ticket clerk, she, one of the first things that struck me about her interaction with Tora is she does judge him at face value. Mm-hmm. You know, she says to him, like, first of all, she's not even paying attention to him. She's no. on her phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just kind of like, what do you want? What are you here for? Um, And then she looks at him and she, I mean, obviously she's ogling him because mm-hmm. um, he's very good looking. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he looks like a Greek God. <laughs> 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 right, right. And so, you know, of course, one of the things that's interesting to me, we talked about how Torah doesn't want for people to see him a certain way. And yet mm-hmm. he it here is a tool very intentionally. Yes. He knows mm-hmm. he's and he's using it to his advantage to get information that he needs. So he is mm-hmm. in work mode right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he knows how to use what he has in order to get what he needs. Mm. Yeah. Um, he sees this woman who's clearly taken aback by, you know, how he looks she makes this assumption of, oh, you look like somebody who would have a good time, you know, like to have a good time tonight. And I'm thinking, like, who in their right mind has the balls to say something like that to somebody like him? Because I would be twisting my words around ten ways of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? What is happening here? <laughs> Clearly, you have seen someone else. <laughs> you could tell her priorities. She, she's A, not good at her job. She doesn't give a it- doesn't give a hoot. She's on her phone. Clearly so she's, not. So, um, she's basically just trying to use Torah for a good time, and mm-hmm. he and yeah, Torah yeah. being as smart as he is, he always he twists things around to his advantage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or not twist. Right. Or even, he's very calcul calculating, mm-hmm. I guess, in that respect. Right. I want to think to me, also, just even the the appearance of the clerk lady. So you know, she has strong lipstick on. She has nail polish on. She's wearing like a kind of a low cut top. It mean, it also it just shows like she's a little vain, and you know, it's Yes. Also, and, like, she's wearing a wedding ring. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's yeah. I, I didn't I mean even it. notice oh my that. God. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So uh, something tells me that I mean she's disingenuous from the get go. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, she looks a little bit older to me. Yeah, so she's right playing the cougar card here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, or the tiger card in this matter. <laughs> <laughs> right oh that is what do you say torah means tiger yes. That means? yes yes which is <laughs> obviously you know an indication of torah's strength and, yes uh, so torah here by the way right torah normally we don't see him smiling but like you said he uses his tools he smiles at her he like leans down he narrows his eyes he's just like it. Yeah. You know? and that is not a genuine smile no so <laughs> And, and I know we, we haven't seen that yet as of this episode, but there is a marked difference between Tora's genuine smile and his sly, mm-hmm. I'm at work and I manipulate you smile. Mm-hmm. And this right. is manipulation one. Um, yeah. and it's clearly working, right? Yeah. The is blushing. And she's like shocked. And, um, right. So she basically asks him, you know, Oh, I want to you know, have some fun with you tonight. People behind him are like, uh, the people behind him are like, Oh, I've got a room. You know, why bother me? And, you know, I wanna get a ticket. What does Torah do? Stand still. He he's so, so good at timing. Oh my gosh. He stops, he gives it a pause, right? And then he just like looks behind him just glares. A <laughs> yeah. he with his glare. And, <laughs> and the guy behind him is freaked out and timid and shaking and sweating. He's so good at like using his body language to express emotion. And as Patty had mentioned with the super his jacket and it, it's Superman and kanji and he's maybe in Superman mode so he's AA working and he's just doing what he needs to do to get things done the clerk by the way is um, totally disregarding privacy and yes. you know tells him where where the copy is but so actually she first offers right she first offers to give him information in exchange for his number. Cora doesn't let her get away with that he flips the switch and he's like actually you give me tell me where she is then I'll give you my number always calculating <laughs> I love that yes mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what does he do? So they they do some kind of, um, you know, she, the clerk is like taken aback because, you know, she says that he wasn't casual and friendly to scary and tense, just like that. Again, showing you how he's really good at manipulating and acting.
1: Um, and and this is,
0: yeah, sorry, go. So I'm just super excited. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. No, but the, even what she was saying, how, how the ticket clerk lady, she used those words, scary, intense. I, that, for readers who are not who are, who are new to m p l those words will be they'll you know encounter those words again with someone else mm-hmm. describing Torah in that same way because they're wanting something from him wanting him to again, so it's mm-hmm. just Torah always being seen in a certain way by people who are just using him essentially mm-hmm. yeah. And I think also at this point, one of the reasons why he gets that that serious, intense look is that he's done playing games now. Mm. He wants the information to move on, because if you think about it, he's only got so much time to catch Poppy. You know, if he dawdles here, he's going to miss the train. He's going to miss her. um, And he's trying to find her. So um, I think, you know, he that that gentleman that he just gave the death stare to. I think that was a reminder of, hey, let's get on with this. Mm. Right. Very focused. Yeah. So anyway, and oh, he calls her sweetheart, which again shows you he's using words again to manipulate her. Mm. He uses that a lot. And you'll see Poppy later is mm-hmm. not like that as well. <laughs> and yeah. the girl's like you know, the tickets are all flustered. She's like, I'll tell you tonight, or oh, I'll call you later. You know, she can't really get her words out. Like like you said, Patty, she's now she's oh. acting the way you were would be acting. So, right, so that's why we're right. here. Like you said, um, he's asking Ronzo to run a background check. Mm-hmm. And he says, yes, I just need a picture. And, um, you know, there should be a full front picture, you know. Okay. So, to walks in, by the way, this is like, Lily's is giving us a nice body shot. Okay, huge, large shoulders, This is pure in service. And I don't hate it. <laughs> 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 well Patty. <laughs> good, Mindy. Great pointing that out. And we and just from the in like in terms of foreshadowing, when uh, Gio says that we we need a full body shot of the photo, I, we were all hoping. I hope he gets to see Poppy in her full glory because she's also you know even even in the, in the, in even if it was kind of creepy in the way he took it. I, sorry, that's episode three. But I and mean, well, Poppy is is, There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at right, her. they the yeah. well matched. Yes, and look at her screen. Like, you can tell, like her phone cover—it's of unicorns and rainbows and magic. So, and but she's not feeling that right now. She looks defeated, all in a sense. And he's looking like mm-hmm. he needs to get—he so needs to get that photo of her to get the job done to figure out who she is. And you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess right. is that towards the end. There's a comedic uh, line. With the the sausage brand, so uh, Tora being as clever as he is, he gives the same number over and over again, first to the ticket lady, (laughs) and then to in episode three, and I'm sure you'll have a chance, Minnie, to discuss that with the other person coming in for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually the last line here is really telling, you know, the clue lady's like, rather ah, she gave me, that jerk gave me a fake number that I got placed. And last one like she said is men who look like that mm. are mistress. Yeah. It. That is straight to the gut, you know? Yeah. And this is- yeah. Um, I want to scroll back up just a minute to mm-hmm. the panel where Cora is looming over Poppy mm-hmm. and look how Lily has divided the light and shadow in this, wow. in this panel. So they're both kind of half in, half out of the light, mm-hmm. and you notice Tora's shadow like looms over her. Mm. Like you see mm-hmm. how despondent she is, and she's covered in shadow. Yeah, right. I loved that aspect of it. Well, I never even realized that. That's an excellent point. Right, and it goes back to what you were saying, was that right now she's feeling defeated and depressed, but naturally, like you see her phone case, she's a happy person. She has yeah. this magic. She's innocent. She's jolly. She's sweet. Right now, she's feeling very sad and down. But normally, she is a, a happy, upbeat person. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And if you think about it, the the shadow piece that passes because our shadow gets more limited as the day goes on, mm. and you know, it's 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 not going to last forever. Mm. So I think you know, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but. um, you know, this is this isn't going to be a steady thing. Like she's going to be in and out of the dark and the light. Um, right. You know, so I don't know. To me, that's a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah that's true. And it, uh, and, I mean, a shadow. And, yeah. is a, it's, right, go ahead. It's, uh, no, Mindy, you go. I feel like I've been interjecting too much. Go, please. <laughs> okay. So, it's like, a, like going back to, and again, maybe we're getting more into this than there is. But a shadow is like a, a reflection of somebody. It's an exact reflection of who they are. So, like the amount of shadow that you cast is based on on your your bulk and your size. So, you know, I think that this may be harking back to like life and its ebb and flow. Well, we're mm-hmm. never going to be all in light. We're always going to have both light and dark, and um that's just part of life. And like, it's what makes life fulfilling and I think and enriching. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and going back to, I mean. The fact that and this is why the podcast is just so amazing beyond the fan girling, but the dissecting and Lily um, art really coming to life as we discuss this because Patty, I never even realized that this pa- this, seg- this like this like second to last panel was of uh, just mm-hmm. with the shadows and the light and who they are as people and Mindy, uh, you had mentioned that he just who Torah is and how poppy and who poppy is as a person and just how these two again i because i love lily dusk's opening line how life is a series of dots and just these two together for the first time in this way it's just this is just the beginning of this amazing amazing webtoon that lily dusk has made for us to enjoy yeah it's it's really cool to look back on this yeah. you know this was released god what Eight, eight-ish months ago oh. if I remember correctly it was like November I think and you know just thinking about how far we've come and mm-hmm. and how the community has exploded mm-hmm. and you know just you know this is the very beginnings of it and it's just it's so cool to think about yes okay thank good for this podcast this episode thank you so much thank you